following audio is from Crossroads Church in West Ossipee, New Hampshire. For more information about Crossroads Church, you can go to www.crossroadsossipee.com. Um, before I get into the sermon, I just want to again point out the importance of the day um, that October 31st is not um, just the world's day to celebrate darkness, but it's what? Hey, all right. See, more reasons to celebrate. Absolutely. Um, today, 504 years ago, Martin Luther nailed his 95 theses on the door of the castle church at Wittenberg. Right? And you're like, yeah, okay, nailing stuff to church doors. Um, yeah. Um, the Martin Luther was the father of the Reformation. Um, and why uh, one of the reasons, he is one of the reasons, one of the people that God used to reform the church and begin the Protestant church. And with the understanding um, that we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Um, and uh, I'm wearing this shirt today not just because well it's because I dressed up for the funeral on Tuesday and I can only do it once a week so I'm just wearing a sweatshirt today um, these are uh, these statements the five solas are kind of the heartbeat of the Reformation and it's grace alone sola gratia uh, faith alone um, in Christ alone for God's glory alone according to Scripture alone. And that's kind of the heartbeat of the Reformation. And that may sound, those ideas may sound kind of uh, normal to us uh, because that's, maybe we don't know that there was anything before that, um, but there certainly was. And I, I want to read just really quickly, um, this is, this is uh, not the sermon, so if you're already disinterested, you're going to have a long day. Um, I want to read to you Romans chapter 1 and verse 17. Um, this, this scholars call this um, Luther's gateway. This is the, the, the verse that kind of started it all. Um, I'll read Romans 1, 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. The idea of being saved by faith alone was foreign to the Roman church. Uh, to the Catholic Church, there was you could believe in Jesus, but then you also had to uh, do these other things. Um, and the idea that 
we are justified by faith alone in Christ alone was revolutionary to the church. So we should praise God for that um, and hand out candy to our neighbor's kids to celebrate. Okay, so there's those are all extra bonus information. Um, we are returning to our study of Second Peter, uh, chapter one. This morning we're going to look at verses three and four, and that's page one o one eight in the Pew Bibles. And last week we looked at Peter's introduction to this letter, and we saw how we used a very powerful phrase in addressing his readers it would have been received as very powerful to them to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ now Peter the great apostle water walking ear lopping uh, walked with Jesus saw the transfiguration um, says his their Faith is an equal standing with his. Um, Peter, the great apostle, those scattered believers in Christ that received this letter in northern Turkey, as well as all the other believers down through the centuries and even down to us, we all have equal standing before God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That is a wonderful truth. And that, unfortunately, was a truth that was hidden for ages in the Catholic Church, where you couldn't even read the Bible in your own language, and people were burned at the stake for trying to do that. Um, we have this wonderful blessing, and we should be forever grateful for that. So today we're going to look at another powerful statement from Peter in verses 3 and 4 that applied to Peter, applied to his original audience, and, and to all other believers in Jesus Christ for all time. And our hope is that it will stir us up and remind us of exactly what God has done for us so that we may embrace the truth of what is ours as believers in Jesus. So let's look at verses 3 and 4. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. May God's blessing be on his word. Let's pray. Father, as we turn our attention to your word this morning, I pray that your spirit would speak. That your word would come alive to us. And that your book would read us. I pray that your spirit would change us. And encourage us. Holy Spirit, we give you this time to mess our lives up for your glory. We love you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. It's very 
difficult in studying this passage, it's very difficult to separate verses 3 and 4 from verses 5 through 8. Uh, because they're like two sides of the same coin. But we're going to have to split them up uh, in order to give them the attention that they deserve in our time together while also not missing the Patriots game this afternoon because it would take a long time. So even though we typically go verse by verse uh, through complete books of the Bible, these two sections, verses 3 and 4 and verses 5 through 8, will be like a two-part series. So part one, what God does for believers in Jesus. And part two, what God expects from believers in Jesus. Now, I feel I I don't want to regret saying that to you, like this is what we're going to talk about next week, and it's going to be about what God expects from you so that you don't show up. Um, <laughs> so that Maybe that was a mistake. <laughs> when you're not here, we'll know why. Don't tell me that you had family in from out of town. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and full house, right, yeah. Okay, so in those two phrases, what God does for believers in Jesus and what God expects from believers in Jesus, the in Jesus part is very, very important. Uh, it's important because if you were to read these verses to an, uh, an unbelieving friend or neighbor, they would not be able to apply this truth to themselves, not without a saving faith in Jesus Christ. So Peter is writing to believers, right? He's writing to all of us who have faith in Jesus Christ. I hope, my it is my hope that if you were to read these verses to your unbelieving neighbors, that they would be drawn to a faith in Christ, um, drawn to Jesus in faith. And uh, that's my hope. And you're just going to have to try it out and see if it works. Hmm. Either way. Um, the point is that these verses are for those who have a saving faith in Jesus, that these are the things that God has done for you that God the Father has made available to you. Verse 3 says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Um, those of you who uh, used to listen to the, um, the, I don't know what to call them, an a cappella group called a cappella, they used to sing this, and I, I, that's just been rolling around in my brain all week long but they didn't sing it in the ESV so I, I can't uh, I'm not going to sing it for you I'm not sure that acapella nor me could accurately portray the power of this statement that his divine power has granted to us everything that we need for life and godliness and I don't think I could accurately portray the power of this statement because I'm so poorly practiced in the application of this truth in my own life. Uh, most days, I feel unfit. I feel ill-equipped. I feel completely and woefully inadequate. Just as a Christian, say nothing about being a pastor. 
just being a believer in Jesus. I feel like I have nothing. But that's a lie. Because the truth is written here for us. God's word says right here that by God's divine power, I have been granted everything I need for life and godliness. So who's right? How I feel or what God says? If you want to pick a fight with God, that's up to you. Uh, I can tell you how it's going to go or at least how it's going to end up. If I have Jesus, if you have Jesus, you have everything you need. Everything that you need. If my life ends today and I have Jesus, I have everything I need to enter into eternity with him. If, I, if my life continues until I'm 100 years old, if I have Jesus, I have everything I need for all of those years. The longer I'm alive, the shorter that distance becomes. I have everything. That was not funny. I have everything I need to live a godly life. And that's what God says. He says that to you. He says that to me. He said it to Peter. said it through Peter. This is the truth. Not, well, I just don't feel like I'm good enough. Well, you're right. Get over it. His divine power has given you everything you need for life and godliness. If you feel differently than that, you can guess who's wrong. It's not God. He's right. God can be trusted. God's word can be trusted. Our feelings cannot be trusted. Here's the message of 2021, right? Your feelings can't be trusted? Ha, ha, ha. I'm afraid not. When how we feel disagrees with God's word, it's not God's word that needs correction. It's us. Well, this was supposed to be encouraging. It gets better. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And if we read this and feel like we're lacking somehow in what we need for life and godliness, if it seems like we may need a little bit more than what we currently have in order to live a godly life, if I'm going to live as a Christian, I don't feel like I've got it all. Uh, we need to keep reading. Because it gets better. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. Hmm. Last week in verse 2, we read Peter's words, May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. And just as knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord is the vehicle of grace and peace from last week, knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord is the vehicle of everything we need for life and godliness. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. 
Now, this isn't just information. Like, I watched an infomercial about Jesus, and now I have everything that I need. This is not just knowledge about Jesus. You can read about Jesus in a lot of books. Lots of secular history will talk about the person named Jesus. But Jesus is not just some dead relic. Peter means knowledge of Jesus, not knowledge about Jesus, not information about Jesus, but knowing Jesus himself. To know him personally. And the more we know Jesus, the more we'll know the Father. And the more that we'll see that we have everything that we need for life and godliness granted to us by the divine power of God. As our knowledge of him grows, as we get to know him more, so will our grasp on reality. And this is what the world is lacking, a real grasp on reality. And when we know Jesus more, our grasp on reality grows, and it keeps getting better. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. His very great and precious promises, or precious and very great. Now, if you're anything like me and you've been around the church for a little while, maybe you've heard about God's promises. We're standing on the promises of Christ our Lord, God, our King, however that song goes. We're standing on the promises. That's the part I remember, right? We're standing on the promises. We're singing about it. But have you ever wondered what they are? Like when you look in the front of the Bible, looking for the table of contents. All right, where's the, where's the promises chapter? I want to just, I want to read the, the list. Hmm. What exactly are those promises? Where can we find them? Well, the where part of the question is easy. Where do you find the promises of God? Fortune cookies. <laughs> Inspirational calendars and coffee mugs. That's They're easy to find, right? Christian book distributors are loaded with them. I have another suggestion. You can find all of God's promises in his word. I suggest you start there. Um. That that part's easy, but I don't know about you, but my Bible has a lot of pages, and sometimes I just want to know the information. I don't want to read the whole book. I just just give me the nugget. Well, I'm gonna help. I I hope you appreciate this. What are some of the promises to which Peter refers? All of God's promises are wonderful. But let's look at some of the promises related to Peter's next word in our text. And these are not all the promises of Scripture. These are just a few promises concerning the believer's forgiveness, concerning eternal life, concerning participation in the divine nature. So you want to know the promises. I'm going to I'm going to give you some scriptures here so uh, you can write them down. Or not. Psalm 23, 6. 
Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's a promise. That's not a, just something we read at funerals. That's a promise of God. Isaiah 1.18. Come now and let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your skins, skins, wow. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. That's the promise of God. These all pertain to faith in Christ. These are only available to us through faith in Christ. Ezekiel 36, 26. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. That's a promise. Ezekiel 36, 26. John 6, 37. Jesus said, all those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. That's a promise. That's a promise. Matthew eleven twenty eight and 29. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. That's a promise. Matthew eleven twenty eight and 29. I'll slow down, although it's really hard. <laughs> Acts 2, 21, citing from Joel 2, 32. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That is a promise. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. John 7:38 Jesus said, "Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them." That's a promise, the promise of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 10, verses verse 43. Everyone who believes in him, in Jesus, receives forgiveness of sins through his name. That is a promise. That is Acts 10.43. I'm, I'm a filthy liar. I, I, six years of going slow. Now I can't slow down. Acts. Acts 13.39. Acts 13.39. Through Jesus... Everyone who believes is set free from every sin, a justification you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. You will be justified before God through faith in Jesus Christ. That is a promise. John 10, 28. You having fun? I love this. This is awesome. John 10, 28. Jesus said, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. That is a promise. That is a promise. John 14, 3. Jesus said, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. That is a promise of our eternity through faith in Jesus Christ, that we will be together with him in his kingdom forever. John 14:19 Jesus said because I live you also will live 
That's a promise. John 6.40, Jesus said, For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. That's a promise. Are these not very great and precious promises? And this is like this many of them. These are not just empty words on a page. These are not fortune cookies. These are not ways to sell coffee mugs, although it's very effective. These are God's very great and precious promises. They're more than just words on a page. This is reality. And what what you hear and experience outside that disagrees with this is wrong. This is the reality. That's not. That's deception. People walk around this world deceived, believing lies. This is the truth. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Through the great and precious promises, you may become partakers of the divine nature. Is that how you think about yourself? No. Dirty sinner. No. Unworthy. Lousy friend. No. That's not how we think about ourselves at all, is it? Who's right? It isn't you. (laughs) God is right. His word is true. You are partakers of the divine nature. We are created in the image of God. And through faith in Jesus Christ, we recapture that image. And we partake in his divine nature. And we escape from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. By faith in Jesus Christ, we escape from the corruption that is in this world. And now we have godliness in its place. And though it doesn't always feel that way, we still have the power to resist sinful desire. Again, this is where the truth and our feelings collide. Well, I don't feel like I can say no. I feel like I just can't help but say yes to sin all the time. The truth is we have the power to say no to sinful desire. Because of his very great and precious promises. We have the power to say no to the corruption of the world, even though at times it feels like we're completely surrounded by it. God the Father is showing us, I believe, the truth here in his word. He is showing us the reality that no matter how weak we may feel, or how insignificant we may feel, or how sinful and defeated we may feel, by faith in Jesus Christ, his divine power has given us everything we need to live. 
He has given us everything we need to live a godly life according to his word, through the knowledge of him who called us, by knowing Jesus, by reading his word, by following his commands. He said, if you love me, you'll follow my commands. He's given us everything we need. He has granted to us his very great and precious promises so that through them we might become partakers of his divine nature, that we might actually grow to become more like Jesus. That's possible, and I know that, not because of my own experience, which lies to me all the time, but because of the truth of God's word. We can grow to be more like Jesus because God's word says so. We have escaped the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. It may be pounding at our doors all the time, but we can say no. Through faith in Jesus, we have escaped that corruption. We're citizens of a different kingdom now, and God himself has given us what we need. He's given us the power, and next week we're going to see in verses 5 through 8, I can't believe I'm telling you again. I really want you to come back. He's going, he's going to show us what he expects. He's given us the power, and what he expects from us is progress. And we'll look at that next week. I just want to close with Paul's words from Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 14. Be filled with the knowledge of his will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word to us this morning. We thank you that your word is alive and active and sharper than any sword could be. We pray, Lord, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you would pierce our hearts with this truth. That we would not just hear the words and go away and forget what you have said to us, like a person who looks at themselves in the mirror and immediately forgets what they look like. But may this truth ring in our hearts. Remind us of it over and over. That your divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and goodness. Father, may your promises ring in our ears. May we look for opportunities to share your great love with those around us. We thank you for this truth, Lord. Be blessed by your church this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 
you'd like to participate in the mission of Crossroads Church through financial support, checks can be mailed to Crossroads Church, Post Office Box 576, West Ossipee, New Hampshire, 03890.